this communion Sunday, we're going to look at uh, a specific dimension of communion from two different passages. First is uh, Matthew chapter 26, uh, and we're going to look at verse 26. And while you're turning there, uh, I do want to give thanks to the Lord. First of all, again, I, I'm just so blessed, Michael, that you, you and your family came. And, um, you know, your mom was telling me about um, the baby's name is Eulila, Eulila Jean. Isn't that something? You got the, the grandmother's names woven in there, Eulila. Isn't that a pretty name, Debbie? That's Eulila. It wouldn't work well for me, but, you know, uh, <laughs> what a blessing. And I, I do want to thank all of you for, for praying. I know you, you've been praying for the Terrells. You prayed for Ava and um, you prayed Rachel in the place that she's working. Uh, the Lord's protecting her. But you know that, um, you know, little Megan contracted COVID because a little girl named Penny sitting beside her in, in the class had it. And it's funny with, with the kids, you know. They get this, and they're just still bouncing off the walls, you know. They're running around just doing what little girls do. And, of course, then uh, just to be, not a lack of faith, but just to be safe because I know I'm around you, and uh, all of my household went and got tested, which is always, and it's like the ninth test I've had since August. <laughs> you know, every time, you know, when I had those surgeries and things, you know, I had to go into the emergency room, get it tested. Before this, you got to get tested, and... My goodness, I'm just glad the Chinese didn't have anything to do with it because they're advocating a kind of test that I wouldn't really want to take care, take part in. But um, we all came back um, clear, and so that's why I'm here this morning. In fact, um, you know, I wanted to ver make just absolutely certain, even though I know I'm under the blood and the Lord is protecting, that I was in just clear when when Michael and Michelle and the baby were up here. So we give thanks to the Lord for that. Thank you for praying. All of you, it's good to see you. Ava, you've, you're looking great. And Rachel, you stay, stay strong. Monica and Olivia, you keep going. And everybody else under the covering of the blood, we're all well. And if you want to place orders for Stacy McGill's bone, bone broth soup, you can, you can do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it is Communion Sunday, and as I was praying about what the Lord would want me to, to share, um, one thought just resolutely came so clearly yesterday and today, and it was about the breaking of the bread. And so in Matthew 26, verse 26, you have Jesus um, in, in the, the account from the Gospels. They were eating. Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, you have the other specific directive of the breaking of bread, and this came from the Apostle Paul. And in um, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, we recognize that 
Jesus met with him, and we don't know all the particulars as to how this was conveyed, but the Lord spoke to him, and in verse 23 of 1 Corinthians 11, Jesus, in this appearance to Paul, for Paul says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Now there's a significance in this in many different ways for us because we've studied about various aspects of communion. We've talked about the various applications of the blood of Jesus and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. We've talked about the bitter sop that was also part of that table that we don't in most Western churches talk about, but yet it is an imperative part so that we're cleansing ourselves through the power of the Spirit of any kind of, of um, bitterness, of any kind of um, measures of offense or anything that would be in us that could corrupt our ability to walk with God in power and so that we also would, uh, would not be vulnerable to the attack of the enemy because I'm telling you, when the anointing first comes, when God begins to move among a people, he will begin to stir the place of your calling. He will, be able, he will begin to stir that purpose that he's given you, your giftings, your strengths. And what iniquities are are perversions of those strengths. They're twistings of what you're really called to do. And in some ways, when, when through wounding or misuse or some kind of offense, that gifting becomes twisted, then you begin to use that gifting for things that are not really of God. And so when the anointing comes upon you, however that comes, when God's beginning to, to say, I want to use you, you're going to have a, a stirring of your legitimate gifts, but the iniquities that might be there will try to assert themselves as well. And so such is the case when you come to communion and, you know, you have the bread, which we're going to talk about. You have the blood. And in not only the original Passover, but at that table, the bowl of sop, that bitterness, God's saying, I'm going to stir you. I'm going to try to use you in a way that I created you to be used. But you need to recognize that with that, there could be a propensity within you that the enemy will try to use. And sometimes it, the enemy doesn't really have to do anything. You do a pretty good job yourself of operating in bitterness. And you've got to surrender that to me. You may not even understand that it's there. You may not understand any ramification of it. But the Spirit does, and you need to surrender that so that that thing can be taken away or, at the very least, quelled so that it does not manifest itself. So that's, that's all there. And, but the bread is what the Lord has really emphasized today. Now, we know that the bread represents commune with the Heavenly Father. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. So um, that's the entry point into what the bread can mean because when you are in fellowship with the Heavenly Father, you'll understand a whole lot more clearly what, what 
he's requiring of you. You know, I've worked in churches. I, I grew up in church. And I know that there's a difference between people who are just doing a job, and we thank God for anybody who's willing to do a job, and those who really are doing it because they recognize that God has called them. And there are both of those kinds of people in churches. It's just everywhere. Any of you who have worked in ministries, you know that. You can, you can tell who's just there because this is their job and who's there because this is their passion. And sometimes it's difficult to, to discern between the two, but it's, it's, really, it's really a clear thing. Uh, and, you know, whenever I'm wanting to do something for the Lord, I want to make sure that it's because God has really called me to do it. Now, there have been times, I remember when I was on staff here, there were a lot of things that I had to do that I didn't feel a calling for at all, you know? It's kind of a step and fetch it, pastor the step and fetch it, you know? Uh, you need to go do this, you need to go do this, and you, your first thought is, uh, yes, sir. And, and your second thought right as a 1B of that is, I don't want to do this at all, <laughs> you know? That happens, but you do it anyway. And But then there are times where you know this is through commune with the Heavenly Father. He's putting it in my heart that I am supposed to not only do this, but I'm supposed to be this. And so the bread is commune with the Father, but it is also the body of Christ. Jesus said, this is my body. Where's the body of Christ right now? Look around the room. You are the body of Christ. And so for us to function on behalf of the kingdom, the first thing we've got to do is be in commune with the Heavenly Father. And the second thing to, to, to know is that He has created me to function in some way that is similar to what other people do, but it's unique. It's kind of like a, a, the, the formation of a snowflake. Every one of you is so different by the meticulous creative hand of God. And so the body is something that you, uh, that you represent that no one else can represent. So you have commune with the Father, and you have an identity in the body of Christ. Now, another thing that we've learned about the body over the years is that the term that is used both in Matthew and in uh, 1 Corinthians for breaking is a term that was used by the, um, the, 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 the translators of, the, of the, the Septuagint, which was the, the Greek scriptures of the Old Testament that the 70 scholars that were appointed to translate into the Hellenistic language so that the synagogues and the, the Jewish folks from around the known world who didn't know Hebrew would would be able to understand this word was was used to describe how Moses divided the the callings for the tribes so it was very specific like Judah you have this territory Benjamin you have this territory and the breaking of those lots 
designated where those people were supposed to be and what they were supposed to do. So there's an idea of that that carries over into the New Testament. And you think, well, how could these Jewish people go and, and forget their language? Hey, that happens. You know, that just happens. Um, I, I know we're a melting pot of many countries. How many languages do you think came into America that people have absolutely forgotten? And so uh, I think it's very interesting. So we learned that the bread and the breaking of the bread was a designation of our placement as well. Now, there's another aspect of this that the Spirit was speaking to me about last night and early in the morning. And, and so I pulled my, my Bible program over at like 2 in the morning and began to read lexicons. Isn't my life exciting? <laughs> and I noticed that, that there wasn't one unique aspect to this word klao, K-L-A-O, which is breaking, that speaks about how those that dwelt in horticulture back in those days, when they would do a, a breaking of, of, a, of a plant, a healthy plant, and they were going to transplant that into a new pot or even in some ways if they were going to graft to create something different, they would use this word. And it's very interesting to me that it, it also then was used, a derivative of this, to speak about how we were taken and grafted in to the, uh, the family of God. And, and so I think that when we are, when we're talking about broken being broken, the bread, us, <clears throat> we need to recognize that, yes, it's communion with the Father. Yes, it is uh, our place in the body. Yes, it is where God has assigned us to serve. But it's also that intimate marriage of who we are being grafted in to the root of what God wants to do. And that's part of the breaking. Another thing was that if, um, if the people, and in that society, you know, they didn't have Lysol spray or, you know, poopery or anything like that, you know, to spray around uh, air fresheners. You know, what they would do is they would say, you know, we want this place to smell right and we want there to be a good fragrance. So you go out and you specifically cut the most fragrant of, of uh, plants and uh, flowers that, uh, and, and, and they, would, they would use this term. It wasn't just cutting, it wasn't just cutting like a bouquet of flowers. It was specifically going to find a certain fragrance that you were wanting to indicate in your home or in the meeting place or in the palace or whatever, and they would use this specified term to describe that. You know, it's kind of, you think, well, what does that have to do with the body of Christ? Well, there, there's something to do with our prayers that the Bible says is as incense 
and it rises before the nostrils of God. There's something to do with that fragrance and the atmosphere we create in welcoming the Lord. And so I, I don't want to go too far with this, but that word was used for this purpose. And so when, when we are broken as the bread, we need to recognize that we are providing a fragrant offering before God to welcome Him and to bless Him. And I think that all of those things are, are really a, a very big part of what it means when we break the bread. Now, we do know that the unleavened factor and, and the reason you, you, you want unleavened bread is that you don't want there to be um, anything from the past. Uh, you, want, you want it to be a fresh word from God. You want it to be something that God has um, ordained for this moment to do anew. And that's the whole business of, of no leaven in the bread. And, and that no leaven is in the bread. So everything we do is, is to be fresh and new before God, not, par, not patterning somebody else, or this is the way we've always done it, but something that is fresh and new before the Lord. And that's, that's a wonderful thing as well. Now, when Jesus blessed the bread, he used the word eulogia, and he used this word that indicated a commitment to the eternal word of God. When Paul spoke about it, what Jesus said to him was eucharistia, which is the partnering in grace in moving forward. Now, is the word of God confused? No, it's not at all. I, I know that when Jesus was setting the stage here at this really first supper of the disciples before the cross, he was saying that whatever you do in this regard is going to align itself with the eternal word of God, what God has ordained. But by the time Jesus spoke to Paul, that had been established, and now Paul was actually going to be reaching out in new ways, spreading that eternal word. And for Paul, yes, it was in alignment with the, the Logos, but it was going forth in grace, which is what we at this table do. We don't have to reestablish the foundational word. We just live by it. What we do is go in grace where God says to go. And I think that's also something very interesting because that is attributed to the bread. And so for what reason God has brought this rather unusual word for me to give today, I, I, I leave it to you to, to discover as, as we go forward. But what I do believe that on this day when we were asked to pray during the Sunday school hour and to give thanks to God for the way he's provided for this house and the way he is establishing us in the gap, there's something very unique about this aspect of the bread. And, and I, I believe that as it's broken, we need to recognize over ourselves, we are functioning on behalf of our Heavenly Father through the blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are a unique assignment from the Father. 
we are a people that are not doing things just according to tradition, although we're keeping the doct we're keeping the foundational core pure as much as we can. But we're going forth to establish something new in the Lord. And I think that there is, uh, there is going to be a, an indication of that in ways beyond what we've realized in the days to come. And I believe that it's going to provide a wonderful expansion into nations and into places that God has ordained that we've only prayed about, but now we're going to see this develop in new ways. And it's going to be through all, commune with him, and it's going to be a fragrant offering. Our incense and our service is going to be as a fragrant offering to the Heavenly Father that we love. And so, as I said, this is an unusual message, but I believe that it is a rhema word for us today. Now, yes, we're not just going to, to receive the bread, as glorious as that is. We also have the the cup here and we've been declaring the covering of the blood of Jesus over ourselves every day and we also know that that concept of the sprinkling of the blood is something that God has given to the New Testament church to where the spirit can touch the specific areas through that sprinkling that God wants to activate that God wants to purify that God wants to empower and there are many of those in our lives, and there are many of those in our walk that the Spirit wants to touch today. And so uh, this, again, I've said this now five or six times, this is an unusual morning, this last Sunday of January. And it is a time where we have tried our best to obey God and seeking His face to give Him thanks for the privilege of standing in this gap and, and we, we reflect upon the various ways that he has directed us and established us and provided for us and protected us. We thank him for that. But now we look forward that as this breaking in this house is occurring and in our lives, God is going to use us in new ways. And, and we declare that. We declare that today. And I'm, I'm very, very grateful to the Lord for this privilege. And so we're going to come and we're going to receive communion together. And we, uh, we've been praying, I know, this morning, but we want to give you the opportunity, opportunity to do it a little bit more today. And so we're going to receive the bread and we're going to receive the cup. And as we do, I'm going to encourage you to find a place to just spend some minutes with the Lord and to give Him thanks for all that He's doing and for all that He's done. And I want to specifically thank the Heavenly Father for the privilege of being the body of Christ today. And I want to thank Him for the privilege that we have of partnering with Him in ways that I know I never expected growing up, but in ways that are of his choosing. And before you come, I simply speak a blessing over every one of you. And I ask that God would use you in these days and encourage you. You know, don't trust what your natural eye sees. God promised us 
that when he says it in his word, that when darkness is upon the land and gross darkness upon the people, God's light is going to come upon us. That's what the word says. And so look forward to what's coming and don't be don't don't be discouraged by anything because God is with you and the best days are ahead. And I speak that into all of our network family across the world. May God bless you. May God bless you and use you in new ways. And know that it is, it is his plan to do that. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for this time of commune. I speak blessing over this bread. And I speak blessing over this cup. And I pray that as your people participate in this today, that you would cause your spirit to do exactly what you brought us here to do. We thank you for it, and we praise you, for we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, then. Let's come, and let's receive, and let's spend some time with the Lord. God bless you all. God bless you in this.